0: Welcome back to the Long Acres Finance Channel. The key objective of investing is to increase the value of your capital. And the simplest way to invest in the stock market is to select an index fund that tracks a popular benchmark. Low-cost index funds that track the S&P or Dow Jones on average return about 9-10% to 10% per year when measured over long periods of time. These long-term returns are considered to be average market returns. But for as long as the stock market has existed, individual and institutional investors alike have looked for ways to beat the market. Because being average is boring, and people inherently think they can do better than average. However, on average, most individuals and professionals fail to consistently beat market average returns, especially for sustained periods of time, because it's extremely difficult to predict which way the market or an individual stock will move in the near future. Investing strategies go in and out of favor, and through something called reversion to the mean, periods of market outperformance are typically followed by periods of below average returns. There are, however, a few investors that have beaten the market for a very long period of time, like Warren Buffett, Peter Lynch, and Benjamin Graham to name a few. How are these investors able to consistently beat the market while most average investors fail? I believe the simplest answer is they all follow a simple strategy that not only was proven to work in the past but fundamentally makes sense. Today I want to share one such strategy with you. I'll show you how well it has worked in the past and talk about why it makes sense. The strategy revolves around the price to free cash flow ratio, one of the most powerful financial ratios that is not as popular as I think it should be. The price to free cash flow ratio tells us how much we are paying for a share of a company in relation to how much free cash flow the business is generating. A discounted cash flow analysis is one of the most popular ways to estimate the fair value of a stock. Therefore, as investors we should pay attention to the free cash flow multiple we are paying for a given investment, because it can tell us if we are paying a fair price for the business today. This ratio is commonly available on financial websites, but it is also very easy to compute yourself using the cash flow and income statements. Free cash flow is simply the cash from operating activities less capital expenditures. Dividing the free cash flow by the diluted shares outstanding gives us the free cash flow per share figure that can be divided into the current share price of the stock to give us the price to free cash flow multiple. But the key is to determine what an attractive price to free cash flow ratio is. And there are two ways to answer this question. First, you can use a standard measure with a multiple of 15 or 16 as a fair value range. Or the second method is to make this a stock specific ratio where you use the long term trailing average as a measure of fair value. Let's talk about the first approach, with a fixed static price to free cash flow ratio of 15 or 16. I found this very interesting study someone performed on the power of the price to free cash flow ratio applied to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I'll leave a link to the full study results in the description below if anyone wants to read through the entire dataset. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is made up of 30 companies, so it's a fairly simple benchmark to break down and analyze. The actual 30 companies that make up the index have changed numerous times during the past few decades. But in general, the chosen companies are expected to be a good representation for the U.S. economy. The author hypothesized that selecting only the members of the Dow that were trading for price to cash flow multiples around 15 times on January 1st of every year and selling these positions at the end of the year would outperform investing in an index fund that tracks the Dow. They tested this theory from 1950 all the way through 2009, which is a 60-year period of time. I know, a very long period of time. And they were right. Using this simple ratio led to significant outperformance. But before I tell you just how right they were, let's talk about the results of investing in the Dow for 60 years. On average, during the 60-year period, the Dow Jones Industrial Average returned 8.07% per year. This is a decent long-term return, but it is, however, much worse than the return of the S&P over the same period of time, which was 12.5% per year. Investing $10,000 into the Dow on January 1, 1950, would give you a final market value of about $516,000 by December 31, 2009. Not a bad return, and one that would easily outpace inflation. However, the superior results of the S&P would have turned the same $10,000 investment in 1950 to about $5.2 million by the end of 2009, getting 4.5% greater returns per year over a 60-year period with 10x your final results, which is pretty amazing. 4.5% extra may not sound like much, but compounded over a long period of time, it makes a tremendous difference. So how well did the price-to-free-cash-flow strategy perform during the 60-year time span? it would have generated a 22.88% average annual return far outpacing both the Dow and the S&P. That same $10,000 investment in 1950 that turned to about $516,000 invested in the Dow and about $5.2 million invested in the S&P would grow to over $1 billion with this strategy. Yes, you heard that right, $1 billion. That's a billion with a B. First off, getting a 20% plus annual rate of return over multiple decades automatically puts you on Warren Buffett's level of investing. And the Oracle of Omaha also amassed his multi-billion dollar net worth more so through time than investing results. Don't get me wrong, Mr. Buffett has an amazing track record and a very, very good long-term rate of return. But had he not started investing at a very young age, he may have never been able to amass such great wealth. Let's break down the results of this 60-year period to better help you visualize the impact time played on the final market value. Five years in, the $10,000 investment grew to about $34,000 under the price-to-free cash flow strategy versus only about $20,000 simply investing in the Dow. $34,000 34000 is obviously better than 20000 but it's not a massive difference. 10 years in, the price-to-free cash flow investment would have been worth slightly over $100,000, whereas the Dow investment would only be worth about $34,000. So while the price-to-free cash flow strategy tripled in value between years 6 and 10, the Dow didn't even double, and at this point, the difference between the two portfolios is becoming significant. 15 years in, the price-to-free cash flow strategy doubles again, now growing to over $233,000, while the Dow would have grown only an additional about $10,000. 20 years in, the price to free cash flow portfolio grows to about $372,000, while the Dow portfolio actually declined to just under $40,000. So after 20 years, the simple strategy offered returns that were 10 times better than the Dow. 30 years in, so halfway through the 60-year test period, the price to free cash flow strategy would be very close to $1.9 million in market value, while the DAO would be just about at $42,000. At this point, the two strategies are not even the same ballpark. You'll also notice that it took 30 years to go from $10,000 to $1.9 million, and we already know that over the next 30 years this $1.9 million would grow to over $1 billion. So why did this hypothetical portfolio grow nearly three times faster in the second 30-year period than the first? It's two reasons really. First, the average annual rate of return between 1980 and 2009, the second 30-year period, was 25.04%, and the average annual rate of return between 1950 and 1979, the first 30-year period, was 20.71%. So the faster average rate of return helped the portfolio grow quicker. But also the power of compounding has an exponential effect on long-term returns. Therefore, if you break up any period of time into two equal halves, chances are the second half will increase the value of your portfolio faster than the first half, even if the rate of return is superior in the first half. That's the magic of compounding. It's the eighth wonder of the world, and if you can understand how it works, it can help you become wealthy in life. If we look at the individual returns for each year between 1950 and 2009, The price-to-free cash flow strategy beat the Dow return for 55 out of the 60 tested years. So you can see even the best strategy does not win all of the time. And you don't have to beat the market every year to beat the market over a long period of time. Okay, so now that we know this strategy beat the average market return by a wide margin, let's talk about why it worked. This is a very important factor to analyze as well, because as any data analyst worth his salt will tell you, correlation does not imply causation. The price-to-free cash flow strategy tested by the author of the study was applied to the Dow Jones universe of stocks. And we know these 30 companies are representative of the U.S. economy, so in theory they should all be high-quality businesses. The ratio itself aims to identify companies whose share price is trading for an attractive multiple, so essentially the strategy seeks out high-quality businesses trading for attractive prices. Sounds to me like a very similar approach to Warren Buffett's investing philosophy, and mine as well. I really like this strategy, not only because of the exceptional results it proved to achieve, and that it makes sense conceptually, but because it is very simple to understand and implement. Simple is very good when it comes to investing, because there's less for you, the investor, to mess up if all you have to do is make a few decisions per year. Just because this strategy was proven to work in the study we just looked at, doesn't mean it will continue to work in the future, or that it would work when applied to a different set of stocks. There are never any guarantees in the market, more so when you are seeking to beat the average market return, because you take on more risk as compared to just investing in an index fund. With an index fund, you're guaranteed to hit the average market return year after year, but with an active investment style, you could beat the market, or you could underperform the market. If you want to strive for better than average results, there is a chance you might finish below average as well, and you need to determine whether you are comfortable with this risk, and what portion of your portfolio you can allocate to such a strategy. Since the results of the price to free cash flow study only ran through 2009, I thought it would be a good idea to test this strategy on a more recent time period. So I computed the price to free cash flow ratio for all 34 companies that were or are part of the Dow Jones Industrial Average between 2017 and today and I compared how investing in just the stocks trading at or below a multiple of 15 performed against investing in the index itself. Between January 1st of 2018 and May 31st, 2022, the Dow Jones Industrial Average had an 8.91% compounded annual return. The S&P beat the Dow during this period of time, delivering a compounded annual return of 12.23%, and the Price to Free cash flow strategy delivered a return of 10.7%, beating the Dow, but not the S&P. Clearly, this is not the same level of strong outperformance as indicated by the study. However, we are testing over a shorter period of time, and the case can be made against using a 15 or 16 times multiple as a standard to measure fair value. While 70 years ago this metric may have been adequate, it may not be today. If we take a look at the average price-to-free cash flow ratio for all 30 members of the DAO between 2017 and 2021, it ranged from a low of 17.58 at the end of 2018 to a high of 23.24 at the end of 2017. If we use this annual average as a measure of fair value instead of the 15 or 16 times multiple, the compounded annual return between 2018 and today improves to 11.49%, which is a 0.79% annual improvement. To take this a step further, we can review each member of the Dow individually and determine a fair price-to-free cash flow ratio based on its own unique long-term trailing average. Applying this method sees the compounded annual return improve once more to 15.11%. What's interesting to note here is that under each selection process, the year-to-date return in 2022 at the end of May is positive, whereas the Dow and the S&P are performing quite poorly this year, both delivering negative returns. Using the 15 times multiple strategy, the following companies would have been selected in 2022. American Express that is up 3.74% through May. Chevron that is up 51.68%. Dow Incorporated that is up 22.49%. IBM that is up 6.44%. JP Morgan that is down 15.36%, The Travelers Companies that is up 15.04%, Verizon that is up 1.09%, Walgreens that is down 14.11%, and Amgen that is up 16.02%, with the combined average return for all 9 stocks being 9.67% through month and May. The two other approaches to using the price to free cash flow ratio would have selected more stocks in 2022, and offered weaker yet still positive returns. I believe the price-to-free cash flow ratio is a great tool that can be used in the stock selection process. It conceptually makes sense and has been proven to work in the past, and I believe it will continue to work in the future. But there is no way to foretell how well it will work, or how long you need to apply this strategy to generate alpha. And here comes the biggest question of them all. Is the juice worth the squeeze? If not, stick with index funds, and you'll do just fine with average market returns. And if you want to take a chance on this long-term strategy, you could allocate a small portion of your capital that you can afford to lose. Going back to the price-to-free cash flow study, Let's say that over the next 60 years, this stock selection process would produce similar long-term results as it did between 1950 and 2009. It would turn every $10 you invest into $1 million, which sounds pretty amazing. If you're young, take some risks and let compounding work for you. And if you're older, think about doing it for your kids. If you're still with me, I'd like to announce that I'm actually building a price-to-free cash flow screening tool that will analyze dividend growth stocks and identify the ones trading for attractive multiples. I'll be sharing more news about this screener in the coming weeks, and it will likely be available to my Patreon members in the near future. That's it for today. If you enjoyed the video, please give it a like and subscribe to the channel so you don't miss future content. Thank you for watching and see you next time.